When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brand Bernard, Mike Molina, L.A. Nick, and Doug Sprinthal. All the chicks have left. Yeah, and we got it right Dude, on the first take. Don't... You notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good point. That's a very good point. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I I appreciate that. Um, But I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Here's a pop quiz for you guys. Anybody know the lyrics to the rodeo song? I don't even know what the rodeo song no, is. Well, you, we can't play it on the air, but the first line is, well, it's 40 below, got a heater in my... Tr- oh, I screwed it up already. It's 40 below, and I don't give up, got a heater in my truck, and I'm off to the rodeo. And then it gets progressively dirtier and naughtier after that. You should listen to it on YouTube. But the reason I brought it up is it's been cold up here for the last couple of weeks. There's no end in sight. I think we've got another... I look two weeks out, and it's not going to be. There's a couple of days it gets up to 20 degrees or so. Walzer has uh, uh, accessories available for almost any make and model, from aftermarket heated seats to remote starts to all kinds of stuff to make winter driving at least more tolerable. So if you're interested in this stuff, go to walzer.com, and we can take care of you. And if you're not interested, uh, Google the rodeo song and listen to it when there aren't anybody under 18 in the room. It's that dirty, huh? I like it. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, you'd love it. Really? I have to listen to it today. Yeah. 
It's called the rodeo song. The rodeo song. I'm sure yep. Nancy knows it. I'll have to listen to it. We'll play it after. Ladies the show and gentlemen, sorry. There you go. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. <laughs> Pretty amazing stuff, as a matter of fact. Some of the things that Donald Trump has said that Steve Bannon has lost his mind. Yeah, well, that was quite some time ago there, <laughs> yeah, Donald. Really? i got to point out. <laughs> that guy lost his mind, I would guess, after the very first bottle of Fleischmann's whiskey that he opened yeah, I, about uh, 50 years ago. I think Bannon's book is coming out. Isn't that what all the hubbub's about? I think so. And he, he, he may take shots at Donald Jr., I think, and... I don't know. He, uh, I don't know what his problem is, but take a gander. I'd be shocked. I'm not saying he is, but I would be shocked if he's not a raging alcoholic. He does have that look. Think? He does have that look. He really does. Yeah, he does. So I don't know what his problem is, but I never understood what Donald. How did Donald Trump ever meet Steve Bannon? I don't did know what the connection know? is. I mean, we won with poorly educated. One. I love the poorly educated. Mm. I'm sure it was something. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure it was something through marketing because Bannon's a pretty good marketer. Yeah, he is. Uh, when Breitbart died is when he stepped up and started running Breitbart, right? Andrew Breitbart died. Yep. He was going yep. for a walk and he just dropped dead, right? Well, and I think huh. the Breitbart message resonated pretty well with the the Trump that voters. Supporters, yeah. Not all of them, but. A lot of them look at the world the same way that uh, yeah. Breitbart did. So, I've never read Breitbart. What is their whole point? Uh, it's it's verging on white nationalism. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of one step. Oh, away is it from really? That. Yeah, well, it's pretty. It's pretty extreme, far right. Yeah, it's not is the it? Daily Stormer yeah. or whatever it is, but they're they're almost cousins, I would say. It's is like it? Mother Jones's. To the left as Breitbart is to the right. Yeah, that's, oh, a, really? that's a good analogy, Yeah, Andy. that's pretty good, yeah. You know, like, kind of like crazy amount, but not like, you know, they're going to kill people crazy, but still pretty crazy. Why have we lost our mind as a political society in this country? We, we've lost our mind. The things that I hear said are the Jews. Yes, that's what it is. Andy thinks that he's a Andy <laughs> thinks that he's a Texas mosque leader. Did you hear about that guy? No. Texas mo- What? A Texas mosque leader has apologized after he was accused of inciting violence in a sermon he gave last month. Now, again, they're saying that he was accused of inciting violence in a sermon. Wait, a mosque leader? A mosque leader, yep. What Mosque is Jewish, right? No, no mosque is, is uh, be Islam. Muslim. Islam, right. Mo- Jewish Muslim, is... Yeah. Uh, temple. It's a uh, temple. temple. The old, another word it's that's... the Old Testament. Whatever. Yes. Yes, but so, okay, I see. Texas mosque. A Texas mosque leader has apologized after he was accused of inciting violence in a sermon he gave last month that declared, and I quote, the Muslims will kill all the Jews. Well, that's pretty right. violent. Hmm. That's pretty interesting in Texas that you would say something like that. Yeah, because there's, what, one Whoa. of each down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah one really. Of each. Yeah, there's one of each in the entire state yeah, How Texas. many Muslims could there be in Texas? It's like as far as you can get from the Middle East. Mm, Actually, you'd be so. surprised how many Muslims are in Texas. 
Raed Saleh Al-Rusan, imam and founder of the Tajweed Institute in Houston, said he respects all human life, including Jews, and is completely opposed to anyone who would commit, call for, or threaten violence against civilians. His apology comes nearly a month after he gave an impassioned sermon responding to President Trump's decision to formally recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Trump was mistaken, Mr. Al-Rusan said December 8th, according to a clip translated by the (coughs) Middle East Media Research Institute, or memory. Get it? Memory? Uh, The imam reportedly said, My brothers, the Prophet Muhammad brought the good tidings when he said, Judgment Day will not come until the Muslims fight the Jews. Muslims will kill the Jews, and the Jews will hide behind the stones and the trees, which will say, O Muslim, O servant of Allah, there is a Jew hiding behind me. Come and kill him. What the hell? Oh, my God. The reason I even read that story. Would you go along... This is not a theory that I have. It's a fact that 66%, 66% of the people on Earth are morons. That sounds about right. I think that's right. Well, it's right. You might be a little they're low. Just they're just waiting <laughs> to be told what to think. No matter how crazy that thing is, they'll think it because it's what everyone else thinks. Do I think you your think number's that, low. That, you think it is low? I really do. You might be right. You might be right. Uh, I just I can't believe people believe the things they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's absolutely true. It's uh, there's no question about it. I oh my gosh, I gotta this. There was a woman in the elevator when we were on vacation, and she kept telling me, "I cannot believe that we're not going forward with Obamacare. We're not serving the people. I can't believe we're serving the people. We're not doing it." Yeah, there's like, a lot of that around here. Look, I got to be honest with you. There's nobody in America if they need if they need medical care can't get it. Yeah, the vast majority of homeless people are mentally ill. Yeah, they, that's right. they're not getting help because they're not well enough to you know know right. to get help. That's very true. Well, and part of the problem is is that the medical benefits for mental illness are terrible. They're you know on most policies if they you are. have one it's 30 days, and mental illness is it's a lot longer cure than 30 days. And these people, a lot of people, are seriously ill. And I'll tell you, I volunteered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I volunteered at HCMC for a year. The mental health facility there is so overwhelmed yep. that there's no oh, yeah. way they could ever take care of that many people. It's overwhelmed. It's the the lines just out the door all day. Well, our progress toward curing mental illness has been very, very slow. We're yeah. basically no better than we were 50 years ago. Well, we're that's because diagnosing, but not treating. I think we're worse off. The approach in a lot of people's mind is that it's really just a character disorder. You know, it's like yeah. If someone is schizophrenic, they're right. just a schizophrenic. They're and not afflicted with it. schizophrenia. Just right. who they are. Snap out of your mental illness. Yeah. So basically you're saying that I was lucky to have a mentally ill father because I could recognize it? Well, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say you were lucky, no. It's, I think it, it gives it's you more empathy to people that are, suffer from that stuff. I spent four years working in a mental uh, hospital, too, and it, it, it really is an eye-opener. And you realize that these people aren't there by choice. I mean, who would choose to live like that? It's terrible. Well, the problem they do have and the, and the reason that we don't have good mental health care coverage is because you cannot prove if I am or if I am not mentally ill. Yeah, In a lot of cases, problem. that's true. I've seen both. I've seen yeah. people that were there by choice and people that weren't there by choice. People that seriously were mentally ill and people that are kind of just lazy mm-hmm. and faking it. Right. They're just faking it. Yeah. 
Uh, but they want drugs. Absolutely. They want drugs. They want Xanax and yeah, that kind of stuff. Yep. I think you're right. When you have an imam preaching this kind of hatred, that is, uh, this is incitement to violence against the Jewish community. ADL Regional Director Diane Gross told a local uh, ABC affiliate, Mr. Al-Rasan apologized in a pair of statements last week saying he was mortified to learn that his remarks were being interpreted as supporting the very things I despise. What did you say? <laughs> it seems to me it was pretty clear was that you were calling for the death of Jews. Or he's pro-tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pro-tree and rock. Well, what you read was pretty <laughs> cut and dry. And the rock. Yeah. Uh, regarding my sermon on December 8, 2017, it must be understood that I unequivocally affirm and uphold the dignity, sanctity, and value of all human life, including, of course, people of the Jewish faith, he said. I must also state in no uncertain terms that I am absolutely and completely opposed to and disgusted by all forms of terrorism, all terrorists, and I oppose anyone who would commit, call for, or threaten violence against civilians. Mr. Al-Rasan said he intends to work with the Jewish community to alleviate any fears and combat hatred in all forms, most especially anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim bigotry. But some Muslims are Semites. People don't realize that, do they? Uh, I mean, the definition has changed. You think they just... Semite means Jewish now. So it, just, it doesn't mean what it did. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I like reading the, the comments. I have not read the comments on this story yet. Oh, boy. But generally the comments in these kinds of stories get pretty odd. Uh, a guy named Paul Rollins posted, wipe this turd out and bulldoze his mosques if he has one. Scum like this do not belong in the United States. So that's a pretty even keel response. Islam is the problem. It is in the Koran. Uh, ben Davis, nice try, Mr. al Rasan. I'd like to hear how you're going to spin the, the Koran. Say it's a mistranslation, maybe, the whole thing. Commenter 399 said, toss this POS out of... POS, piece of what? Oh, okay. Uh, out of this country, no court, no nothing, simply deport uh, Bill 53. Now, see, you can't even take this guy seriously. Bill 53, <laughs> he posts, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> uh, that's good. Then uh, I have not read this yet, but a guy named Bruce Weinstein posted. What do you think he'll say? Are you Jewish? You want to check my penis? Okay. Uh, is that what All you right. want to do? Oh, God. Apparently you don't have enough editing to do. Larry David. That's not bad. Yeah, you don't need to edit that. You don't have to edit that. No no problem. Bruce Weinstein, surely most of you have noted how much the facial features of many Muslims mimic those of a camel mating with a gorilla. (laughs) That's going to bring us all together. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, really. I'd enjoy the chance meeting uh, uh, the chance meeting of slicing and dicing this piece of soured pork very slowly. Bruce Weinstein is not happy with Mr. Al-Rusan, I'll tell you that. Oh. Good God. How could anybody take what I said the wrong way? You said exactly that the Muslims will kill the Jews. Well, he, no. I mean, I guess he did say they will, not that they should. Maybe he was just, like, you know, fortune-telling. I'm not saying that I'm for it, but I'm here to tell you. I, I don't. See, religious leaders, I think, have to be much more careful than they apparently appear to be. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a very religious guy. But, you think uh, there's actually any real up? religious leaders? I think the Pope's doing a heck of a job. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Do you think so? Yeah. yeah, I think the Pope's probably the best. We've had some good Popes in the past, you know. 
however many years. I suppose. Well, that's 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 guy. That's yeah. But our latest Pope well, actually, actually practices what he preaches. That's right. Interesting guy. He started out as a, he was a bouncer in a nightclub. Do you know yeah, that? I do. Yeah. In yeah. Brazil. He was? Yeah. 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 He was a tough guy 50 years ago. I did not know that. But yeah, he actually practices what good. he preaches. The only one I know of. Yeah. Well, John Paul II was good. Yeah, John Paul II, yeah. Benedict was. What did Benedict do that was a problem? Well, he was trying to go back to like the dark ages. Plus, he was he was a little flashy. I remember some of his. Like, oh yeah! Remember the, the stuff you would buy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. cars, like $10, yeah, slippers, and yeah. Stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh. No. Maybe Other that's why that. he didn't last very long. Oh. Other than that, Might though, have some polonium or something. Oh God! Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The Golden Globes are what this Sunday night. Is yep. that who, correct? I want to know who watches it. Yeah, who For does real? watch that? I, I just I really wish that they would. Why don't they just put a huge fence around Hollywood and then torch the whole thing? Who, who's hosting it this year? Stay. Do you know? It's uh, Seth Meyers. Uh, the host. So you don't ask you one out of ten people. Well, you know what? what, what Ricky Gervais did it once or two, uh, twice. Yes, he was, he pretty, was, he was, was worth watching. I mean, he he took no prisoners at all. Well, the first and second times he was really <laughs> oh, great. But I think about a couple of years ago he hosted for the last time. Yeah, they softened him up yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But you're right. The first couple of times I'm like, I can't believe he said that to him. He's right in front of you. <laughs> okay, here, here we go. Gal Gadot. I still don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Is it Suarese Ronan? Gesundheit. Oh yeah, that that it. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, what is it? Irish name? Is it Suarez? How do you spell it again? S a o i r s e. Um, there's a there's a pronunciation on Wikipedia. Let's, let's, just, call let's her, just go with Alice. Let's just call her Carol. <laughs> yeah, Carol, that's good. Uh, it's Sersha. Sersha, Gal Gadot, Sersha Ronan, Mary J. Blige. Why is she on the Golden Globes? That is a good I don't question. Why she's even there? Alice and Janney are among these stars planning to dress in black at Sunday's Golden Globe Awards to support women who have brought sexual misconduct complaints across industries. Oh, God. I just don't know that that... I, oh, I'm oh. super surprised that they're making the Golden Globes into a... Well, I'm sure somebody will give a... Who's a, the most first. Somebody will give a two-minute speech about it. So you don't think Gilbert yep. Gottfried will be there? <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Hey, I watched his movie, by the way. Let me finish the story, and then we'll get to the to Gilbert, okay. the movie. They spoke Tuesday on the red carpet at the Palm Springs International Film Festival Awards. Gala Holly Hunter was there, too, and said, Wearing black is a call for solidarity. It's time, Hunter said, for women to fly in formation and act as one. The A-listers are also supporting a new coalition called Time's Up to advocate for legislation combating workplace harassment and to provide a legal defense fund for people bringing complaints. Hundreds of other Hollywood women have also signed on. Do uh, you want a couple of comments on that story? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I don't want any Internet comments in my life. How about this? This is terrible. How much cleavage are they going to show the audience? <laughs> uh, That's really nice, sir. Well, Holly Hunter. Randy Frank. Uh, child of 68 says, personally, I think a blue dress would have been more significant, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's a Monica it. Lewinsky reference. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, right. Okay. Very good, Dougie. Very good. We'll be right back. 
Tom Bernard Show. That was pretty I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. H&B Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative financing. See an opportunity too good to pass up? Stop in. We'll make it happen. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. LASIK changed my life. Dr. David Whiting changed my life. He can get rid of those contacts, get rid of those glasses, and truly change your life. He's performed over 100,000 LASIK procedures, so there's no one else around who can compare. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having your eyes corrected, Check out Dr. Whiting and the folks over at Whiting Clinic. They've got the most advanced lasers, they've got the most experience, and they've got the best price guaranteed. All the reasons you'd choose Whiting Clinic for your LASIK vision correction. Make this year the year that you get LASIK from Dr. David Whiting. Schedule your free LASIK exam at whitingclinic.com, and please tell them I sent you. That's whitingclinic.com to take the first step in having clear lens-free vision at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Are you playing that for Ryan Seacrest? Oh yeah, he's a man-eater. The reason I ask that is apparently uh, Ryan Seacrest plans to come out in the very near future. Wow, what a shock. The only reason I even bring that up. Yeah, I know. I don't understand why he needs to come out. He would be stupid to do so, I think. Why? Because his popularity hinges on, like, lonely middle-aged women. Well, we know he's already stupid. He's the one that put the Kardashians together. But everybody knows he's gay. Everybody does. Uh, this would be about as big a shock as thing. Liberace was gay. I mean, come on. Like, Everybody knows Ryan Seacrest is gay. The guy with the gold piano is gay? That can't be. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem I have with it. The fact that he didn't come out long ago, doesn't that hurt gay people? I think so. Why are you... Yeah, I think it making does. it as if the uh, the fact is uh, something to be either hidden or ashamed of or whatever. I, I don't understand. So you you hide the fact that you're gay to make money? That's what, what an insult that is. I think the guy don't that really think? ticked him off. I'm, I'm talking about my friends, the gays, was uh, Kevin Spacey when he came out. Uh-huh. It's like, dude, that's not a defensive pedophilia. That's 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 not how you play that. What a dope. Why did he do that? So he goes after, uh, what, a 14-year-old boy or yeah. a few of them or whatever. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm gay. Well, <laughs> like you said, so that's supposed to be a defense of pedophilia? Yeah. Gay to, people aren't pedophiles. Trying to blame society for not being supportive enough of his gayness. And so he had to, I don't know, he didn't know how to handle it. I just gave him credit but. for being smarter than that. I mean, that that's not a tough math to no. put together. I don't really understand what it is still in 2018 now. As long as they stay away from children and animals, why do you care what anybody does with their genitals? Very few people care if someone's gay or not they anymore. They don't care. I don't know why you think a lot of people care. Maybe some people still do. But nobody I know could possibly care if you're gay or not. Yeah, I agree. Right? 
I just don't understand what, why it. So you're you're hot. You're trying to hide the fact that you're gay to make money, and and now you finally because you're worth several hundred million dollars. Now it's okay to come out. Let's take. Who, who, who was the last person to do this? To do what? To come out late. Well, Kevin no, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. It was what, a month, six weeks ago? Did it hurt him? His... No, it hurt him oh, was yeah. getting well, accused I mean, of abusing boys. That was the what career hurt him was him. doing it the way he did it. Yeah, he, he did it the wrong way. Yeah, he, didn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't come out. He kind of like used it as a defense of his behavior, which is not the same thing. And there again, really who was surprised? Anymore. I was surprised he was a pedophile, but certainly wasn't surprised <laughs> yeah. he was no. gay. No. Uh, and I, I still love to point this out, the fact that almost every one of those guys who first were accused of abusing uh, either women, boys, men, whatever, I mean, you could line them up. I've interviewed them all in the past, and the first five who came out are the biggest pricks I have ever interviewed in my life. Kevin Spacey, what a jerk. Yeah. biggest jerk I've ever interviewed was uh, uh, Jeremy Piven. That I can guy. see that. Oh, but you and I listened to it. You interviewed Bill O'Reilly like about two weeks before the poop hit the spatula, didn't you? And he seemed like a pretty good guy. Yeah, he did. But I mean, he paid thirty-two million dollars out. Uh, we didn't so know that I'm at the time of the interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he did not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we found out later that uh, yeah, he paid out thirty-two million dollars to keep women from busting him on on harassment. I don't really understand that how it's sexual harassment to call a black woman hot chocolate, though. It's not really. I, so, so a basketball player can refer to himself as as chocolate thunder, but you can't call somebody hot chocolate. I don't really understand that. Yeah. Well, you know. So you can do things because you are that race, but I can't. I can do. Can I then do th- things about the white race that you can't? No. Yeah, you can call That's me a cracker, a and I'm not going to get mad. You're a cracker. <laughs> Which is like the oh, wimpiest no, insult ever, right? If a black oh, guy yeah, ever called you a cracker, you just, start, you just start laughing. Yeah, I just don't get it. <laughs> an insult is only an insult if you take it as one is the right, thing. Right, exactly. Any insult can lose its power as soon as the people who it's used against stop caring. Okay, yeah, so I want to hear about the Gilbert Gottfried movie. I didn't know there was one. Yeah, me either. There is one. It just came out, as a matter of fact. It's called Gilbert. Like a real movie? And it's about Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. It no, is. It's, it's a fake movie. Well, I mean, it's, like at the, it's, it's not, it's not in the movie theaters. Uh, it just came out. It literally just came out. Hmm. Huh. So, but is it, it is it in theaters? I don't know if it'll be in theaters or not. I, I got an early copy of it. I'll find out. Andy will find out. It's just called Gilbert. That's what it's called. It might be a Netflix movie, come to think of it. Maybe. Okay. It, I'm not sure. So have you watched it? It. Yeah. Uh, Andy, not yeah. really. It's uh, not coming out to theaters. It's a, is it a Netflix movie? No, it was distributed by Gravitas Ventures, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and it's very, very limited release. DVD. Um, nah, it's on iTunes. iTunes. On it's iTunes? A very strange platform, but okay. Well, they sent it out to me. But in any case, it was very, very interesting because uh, you found out uh, he has, Gilbert has two sisters. Neither one of them ever got married. Uh, the, Gilbert is married to a very pretty woman. Uh, you know, I suppose not everybody would think she's pretty, but I do. I, you know, uh, she seems like she's 
a pretty strong woman, but I suppose you'd have to be if you're married to Gilbert Gottfried. You better be a strong woman. But it goes through everything from the very beginning of what he was doing, how he was doing it. It it covered the whole uh, Aflac disaster where he started making uh, making jokes about the tsunami uh, and how that almost ended his career. I mean, it came very, very close to completely wiping him out. Because he did say things like, I'm having trouble meeting a girl in Japan, but I'm told by the Japanese a new woman will float along any time now. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, really good, Gilbert. I've always enjoyed funny. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, I think he's funny. I've been around him a million times. I think he's hilarious. But you see where he came from and how he came to do comedy and how he came to do comedy the way he does do comedy because he's a, a very small guy. I think people do know that, don't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's what, probably yeah, he's five, a, five, five, six or so? That's about right. Yeah, that's about right. But he is, and they do talk about this in the movie because uh, oh, Bill Burr's in the movie and Jim Gaffigan's in the movie just talking about Gilbert. And he is a very shy, very nice man. He just did. He, but he's real. He's so shy that he seems kind of standoffish. Mm-hmm. But he's not standoffish at all. He just. He. He just. Uh, is a very very shy man. He's very uncomfortable around other people. His father and he had the, in an interesting uh, relationship because his father was pretty hard on him. I think he absolutely adored his mother, and when she died, he took that very very hard. But it it is a movie definitely. It's well worth seeing. Yeah, I'd love to watch um, that. They invited him after the J- Japanese situation happened after the tsunami. <laughs> joke thing, the Aflac thing happened. As it turns out, 70% of people who buy Aflac insurance are Japanese. Did you know that? I had no idea. I guess it's one of the biggest selling uh, insurance uh, packages in Japan. Well, it makes sense to me. But, um, the Japanese people would buy Aflac. Why? Why? Aflac? <laughs> well, you know what Aflac is, right? Uh-uh. It's, 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 they pay you if you get hurt at work. Okay. If you can't work or if you're sick... And you can't work, they pay you. So Japanese it's people, disability insurance. It's for disability insurance. Okay. Yes. So I would think the Japanese people would the, be prone to buy the, that. The guy that I really felt sorry for on that Aflac fallout was uh, your buddy from KQ. You know what I'm talking about, oh, Tom? Yeah. So this yeah, guy absolutely. worked at KQ. He got hired to replace him as the voice of the duck. And I, I, the very next commercial, they had the duck, and he was gagged, so he couldn't say a word. And I think I, he only had the job for, what, a month or so? And then he was just, I mean, this guy thought he was going to go out and live the high life, flew out to L.A., and, you know, it's a whole bit. The whole shooting match. You never know in L.A. So he doesn't do it at all? No, he's back in the cities. He and his brother-in-law, in fact, he just emailed me about a month ago. They're starting a company, uh, do LED lighting, outside lighting for businesses, you know, parking lots and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yep. You're talking about Dan, right? Yeah, Dan McKeague is his last name, right? McKeague, yeah. McKeague, Dan McKeague. Very nice guy. Yeah, I remember when he got I that deal. for a long time. To do the voice. Indeed. Yep. One of my favorites was the first time Gilbert Gottfried ever came into the studio, probably 20 years ago, came into the KQ studios, and one of the people on the show said, would you do the voice of the Aflac duck? And he goes, yes, because it's so different from my real voice. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I, I've saved maybe only a handful of the spots that I've done with you over the years for the, the, the live spots on KQ, but one of the ones that I've saved was you had Gilbert in the studio and you put me on with him and he starts playing Jew or not a Jew. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. <laughs> Sprenzel, that's Doug's not a Jew name. I don't have to see how it's spelled. <laughs> it was wonderful. He plays Jew, not a Jew with an advertiser on the KQ Morning Show. Have you ever heard him do it as Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, no, I haven't. He does a brilliant impression of Jerry Seinfeld and he was... I was talking to a Donald Trump. He's not a Jew. I mean, he does a perfect impression of Jerry Seinfeld. And he plays Jew, not a Jew. I just it's watched the Seinfeld documentary last night. Oh, you did? Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. How was that? I didn't think it was that no. great. No. I, I, I like Seinfeld. I don't think he's all that funny, to tell you the truth. I think Larry David is hilarious, but I, I've never thought Seinfeld was all that funny, to tell you the truth. Yeah, he had the documentary on Netflix about you know, how he got started. Hmm. Where the club, he goes back to the club that he started at. Oh, yeah, I saw a little bit of that. Yeah. Did he have something to do with card tricks or something, too? Or well, I don't know. Well, well, it was tricks. a weird deal. That, I, I didn't think it was that entertaining. It was kind of weird. No, he's, uh, I don't know. I, again, I thought he was like the least funny person on that show. And the show was named after him, so what does that tell you? Well, it was a great cast, though. It was like all yeah. great comedies. Well, it wasn't was just one person. Fun- Kramer was definitely the funniest. Well, they were, well, I don't know, George Costanza no, George. Yeah, George, George, George. The character George. based yeah. off Larry David, George is the best. Yeah. Just every time he's up to something, trying to get out of something. Yeah. Or, just, oh. Yeah, Elaine and Jerry are basically just there because uh, if it was just constant, you know, George and Kramer antics, it would be uh, it would get kind of old. Yeah, I think. no, it's just they a need they needed a, they needed a yeah they needed they they got two um, two heels and two straight men. I just saw where Elaine what, what, what she's worth. I was like, couldn't believe. God, it. she's rich. God, she's well, rich. She's a, she's a Dreyfus. <laughs> she is rich. She's, rich. She must be worth. I think she's worth like what. Four billion dollars. I think it's yeah. more than that. Billion. I just I saw well, it yesterday. Down, yeah. Well, she's a Dreyfus Fund baby. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. She is worth. Let's see. Here we go. Andy's got her net worth right here. It's going to be very close oh, to Andy's. I know that. Yep. <laughs> uh, two thousand six, she was listed at three point four billion by Forbes. So oh, now it's probably double. Yep. Yep, it's probably gone up. Yeah, it's yeah, probably it's double. Pro- what did they list her at? Three point six. Three point four in two thousand six. Oh, so billion. She's, she's probably worth about eight billion. She's probably worth about eight billion dollars now, and uh, that just shows you well, kids. Her, by the way, I, I, oh wait, is, that is, was well. I mean, that was her dad, but her dad has since well, died. Well, her aunt so, I mean, or somebody in kinda, her family, I just saw is in the top ten richest women in the world. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Hillary Clinton's former spokesman is calling on Twitter to permanently ban President Trump over his tweet Tuesday, <laughs> mocking North Korean dictator oh Kim Jong Un. Hey, at Jack, who's at Jack? Jack, is that like the um, Lord of Facebook or whatever? No, Twitter, 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 whatever platform we're talking about. It's time to kick Trump off this website. Brian Fallon tweeted two hours after the president taunted Mr. Kim as having an inferior nuclear button to his. Yeah, just... it was a joke, jackass. Everybody knows the president has a person following him that has the nuclear football. Yeah, do people really think that the president can just press a button and launch nukes? On his of desk. course not. <laughs> not that easy. On his desk. Good God. Even in Soviet Russia, uh, the government ordered someone to launch nukes once, and he said, no, I'm not going to. 
Yeah, and right. that prevented World War Three. Doesn't That's it right. take? Doesn't so it take? Soviet Russia, the dictator of Soviet Russia, can't launch nukes by himself. Then I don't think the president of the U.S. can. Doesn't it take three? No. Like three people, three keys. It, I don't it, know. It, the president, at the very most, or like the like you know the fewest amount of people to be able to launch an actual nuke, the president would order them. And then there's two people who each have a key that they have to right. turn simultaneously, right. and right. each of them have to agree. And if one of them doesn't do it, then it's not doesn't going to happen. Right. Nobody can push a button and send a nuke into it. No. Actually, it was not the it was not the uh, the president or prime minister of Russia. It was somebody else. It was a a guy in one of the silos that said, "I'm not doing." It, it was a guy in a nuclear submarine. Nuclear submarine. There you yeah, go. Yeah, it was the it was the uh, I think. Admiral or whatever the Russian equivalent of an admiral yeah. is. He, he was asked to do it, and he said, no, I'm not doing it. Yep, it's because, yeah, that would have caused quite a few problems. <laughs> North Korean leader, this is Don, Donald J. Trump, at real Donald Trump. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime... <laughs> That's so cold. Well, well you know that... Please they just, inform... They had two soldiers defect in the last two weeks, and the one soldier that yeah, just got across, they said he had so much bacteria and ringworm and worms that he was going to die within weeks, and that's a soldier. Imagine what the rest of the population has. Yeah, you can't really brag about how great your country is when everyone on in it, except you, is like dying of right of, of worms. Seventh century illnesses. <laughs> Come on, half the kids I went to North High School with had ringworm. What the hell? Yeah, but they didn't That's die of it. That's why they all wore stocking caps in the summertime. To tell you the <laughs> truth. They did. I'm not making that up. They actually did. This guy had, we'll like, right worms back. inside of him. Oh, geez. Oh, good. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your My Pillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Saber Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Saber's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Amazing day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Wednesday. We got uh, a lot of football. Are you guys going to be watching football all weekend? No. What? <laughs> you don't. You don't watch football, though, do you? I don't very much, unless it's a. Key. I didn't think you were in football. Yeah, unless it's something special. I like watching the well, end. It's the of, playoffs. I like watching the ends, the very end of football games. All right, because. I like to see people. I like to see the winning team happy. Oh, no, that's okay. why. Oh, All right. Okay. Like I like to see the, how happy people are when they win. That's well, all. When the other team's unhappiness balance it out. Well, they don't show them. No, that's true. They, they never show the loser team. 
They show the winning team all hugging and jumping on each other, and it makes me happy to see that. Oh, okay. So that's why I watched I the end. understand that. Makes total sense. I love this story, by the way. Uh, I think most people will know about this. The Vikings signed coveted CFL receiver Brandon Zilstra, the former star at Concordia Moorhead and New London Spicer High School, to a reserve futures contract on Wednesday. A league source, uh, they, yeah, they just signed him just a, a short time ago. To a reserve futures contract on Wednesday, a league source told the Star Tribune, Zilstra, 6'2", 215 pounds, led the Canadian Football League with 1,687 receiving yards for the Edmonton Eskimos this past season. One of Zilstra's many recent NFL workouts included a stop at Winter Park on December 8th. The futures contract means Zilstra will be added to the Vikings' 90-man offseason roster once the 2018 league year begins in March. The Vikings currently have Jarius Wright, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Laquan Treadwell, and Stacey Coley under contract through at least the next season. Laquan, what happened with Laquan Treadwell? Molina, what the hell? I don't know. It was a roll the dice move by Spielman drafting him in the first place because he was always injured at Ole Miss. He was always injured, yeah. and the guy has done nothing, has he? Have nope. you seen him do much? Nope. He had one good catch. Gee, I... Yeah, he made one good catch. That was it. I think what Adam Thielen has done, not even recruited out of high school to a, to a college, end up signing with uh, Minnesota State at Mankato, uh, was not drafted out of college to an NFL team, went to one of those uh, Missy and the Pipkin days where they invite people to come in and try out for the team, did so well that the Vikings actually signed him. I think he opened the door for a ton of people like Brandon Zilstra. I think it's a wonderful thing. I hope the entire league does it. There, there's some talent out there. You know, I remember one time, and Gary Gaetti was a very, very nice guy. I liked hanging out with Gary Gaetti, real decent guy, real pretty level-headed guy. And I remember he got a little miffed at me one time because we were talking about this, that, and the other thing. And I said, you know, what's interesting about a guy in your position or a guy in my position? He goes, what's that? And I said... There are a lot better radio announcers than me, and there are a lot better third basemen than me, than you, who will never see a baseball game or, or a radio microphone. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, I'm just telling you flat out, there are some people who would be really, really good at your job and my job that will never get a break, and they'll, we'll never hear of them. It's true. Isn't that kind of sad? It's true. It is true. Any good at mad at you for that? He's kind of like, what are you talking about, man? Well, because he was a, a you know world class elite athlete. There's no question. He was a wonderful third base. He was great. I know uh, the most talented yeah, musicians yeah. I've ever known never made it. Nobody knows who yeah. they are. I mean, that's a huge part of it, right there. As a matter. Oh, did you see by the way that Rick Lee died? Uh, I Rick did. Hall, Rick Lee. Yeah. Rick Hall died Rick Hall, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, really, really sad. Uh, he was a muscle shoal sound. Rick Hall was just a, a great guy. We used to have him on, we had him on this show a few years ago. We used to have him on the KQ Morning Show. He's kind. He was kind uh, of an odd duck. I always thought, but yeah, he was great interview though. Yeah, I tell you what, he did a really really good interview. But it made me made me sad to see him go because uh, that muscle shoal sound. And again, if people think I, I've never even heard of that, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never yes, heard that. Yes, you have. Yeah, you have. Yes, you have. You definitely have. Uh, Leonard Skinner, pretty much everything they ever did. Had the muscle show sound involved, didn't it? Yeah, so it was a band, it was a backup band called the Swampers, and it was Swampers, I can't remember right, their exactly. name, Roger Hood, and there's about four or five guys, uh, and they were on all those records. So if you listen to Aretha Franklin, 
I'm trying to remember the yep. song. You're no good, heartbreaker. And it starts out with this really funky Fender Rhodes part. Guy wrote it on the spot in the studio. I mean, they they is went there, on they went on tour with Traffic. Yeah, it's the called uh, Muscle Shoals. It's yeah. really yeah. really good. But it's a story of this guy, and then all these, and and Muscle Shoals, Alabama, is a town of about five thousand people, and these guys are all local. Just to have that much talent in some podunk. I've town watched in the that documentary. It's really good. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it is very good. Rick Hall was a very nice guy. He was an odd guy, as you said. Um, you know, kind of kind of a goofball, but very very talented. Had vision. Uh, supported people who n- never before got much support. Like the Swampers, a very good, uh, a very good uh, example of that. But uh, yeah, seeing that he died yesterday, just very laid back guy. How old was he? And then eighty-five. Oh, so he got a, he had a good, good run. Yeah, he had a good run. Yeah, but it just, it's just—it's one of those deals. I remember the first time I ever heard of Muscle Shoals. It was the Muscle Shoals Horns, I think. And who did they play with? Oh, I, I got to look that up. I can't remember. That was in the mid to late seventies. That you've heard the muscle. That was in the late seventies when Muscle Shoals sound began, wasn't it? Rick with Rick Hall. I think it was in the early seventies. Actually, it was probably seventy one or seventy two. Okay. I mean, the Stones recorded. Uh, I think they recorded Sticky Fingers there, if I remember right. That's right. That's, so you're right. It was in the early seventies. But uh, yeah, just one of those one of those fantastic deals. Uh, but Rick Hall, tip of the cap, man. Matter of fact, you, you mentioned uh, Mr. Hood. Uh, his wife, Judy Hood, is the one who announced the world that Rick Hall had died, the Muscle Shoals sound guy. She, she actually is the one who announced it to the world that he had passed away at 85 years old. So, I don't know. It's just uh, one of those deals. Because we all, I think a lot of people on this show, admire really, really good musicians. Actually, it was formed in 1969. Uh, 69. Yeah, but they, they came they big started, in the early 70s. Stop right? splitting hairs, Nick. Well, we they, started, they started their studio, the sound studio. It's in 69. But it kind of broke. Didn't it, it didn't actually break in the early 70s? Like you, people started hearing about it. When, when did uh, the Yeah, Stones it looks like 72. There? Yeah, there you go. So you were off by a year, Doug. I know. Way to go. You were way off. Swinging the I was off by five years. But the so four local was, sessions got very well known in 69. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? That does happen, man. That whole thing. The record business is one of those businesses. I was lucky enough to be in, in the record business in the uh, the late 70s. And that's why I thought it was, you know, later in like 76, 77, because that's when I got in the record business myself. And that's when I learned a whole lot about that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't so know about calling it a business anymore. It's not a business anymore. No. No, you're absolutely right. It's not a business any longer. It just it is what it is. I, I saw part of a documentary uh, the other day about this guy from uh, Brooklyn who was an A&R guy and discovered Metallica and a bunch of other bands. He was just kind of oh, nuts. Man. And he was, you know, he grew up and he, he kind of glamorized the pre-Giuliani era of New York City. He says it was crazy, it was dangerous, there was nut people everywhere, oh, yeah. but the scene was so cool and he started to, you know, these pictures of him with everywhere. And I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a pretty interesting well, documentary. I saw. I forget who, which which one I watched, and there was a there was the greatest line. The guy said, "You know, when it was the old the old fat Jewish guy in the suit who was signing bands, things were great. When then they hired the they hired somebody young and cool and hip, and then things went right down the tubes." Yeah. 
Well, except for Morris Levy. He was an old, fat Jewish guy that stole about $40 million from Tommy James. Yeah. But at least so they, it wasn't they, always but wonderful. But at least, at least those guys <laughs> signed. They signed Vans. You know, these guys today won't sign well, any they Vans. Yeah. Well, and why is that? Why won't they now? Well, because we've talked about this before. The music business is backwards. I mean, back then you went on tour to support album sales because well, that's where the yep. money was. I'll tell you what, right now, now it's all in touring. It's if the there shortest shelf life I've ever seen in, the, that's right. in, in history. You get a year if you're lucky, one year. Yep. The shelf life, even of megastars, the shelf life is very short right now. You know what's really cool as a So I, I was 25 years old. Um, and this, I, I suppose, that by, by the time this ha- happened, uh, you know, I was 25 years old when I went to work for, for Capitol Records and used to fly out to the Capitol Records Tower, which for a, a young kid like that was really cool just to walk in that building and, and see the studio where Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin cut all their great stuff because that studio is still there. The mics are still there. Oh, just there. to go the there and see it's a big on. deal. It is a huge deal. There's no question about it. It's a huge deal. But then... Um, Later on, probably closer to 1980, so I'm now 28 years old, something like that. I'm riding around in a in a Porsche in Palm Springs with Bobby Columbi, who was the head of A&R for Capital. Bobby Columbi was a drummer for Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, so he was the A&R guy. So Bobby and I, were running. we had played basketball is what happened. He called me and said, hey, you want to play some play some basketball? And I said, yeah, absolutely. He, so, if I remember him said, right, he did not have the classic basketball player build, didn't he? Wasn't he a fairly small guy? Or am yeah, I confused? he was not big at all. Oh, nice. No, no. He Pick was, on the he little not, guys on no, the court. Very, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was not tall. He was very thin, too. Yep. But the, so so here was my day. So I'm 28 years old. I'm in I'm in Palm Springs, California, working for Capitol Records. Things are great. I'm playing basketball with Bobby Columbi. Uh, always loved Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Anyway, I got to know Bobby, you know, fairly well. And on the way back home, he goes, "Oh man, I forgot." Um, and so we, you guys can track down the exact year. I think it was 1980. I, I think maybe 81. Uh, but he said. We got a new act that we just signed, man. I just signed this guy. I, I want you to hear him and, and uh, give me your take on it. So he puts in the stroke. And I'll never forget that, riding, riding along in Palm Springs. It's a beautiful day with Bobby Columbia listening to uh, the stroke. It was just, what a song. Didn't you, wow. Did you guys love that song as much as I did? I did. I thought it was great. God, I thought it was just a, I thought it was a wonderful song. Unfortunately, that guy ruined his career because he did this. Remember, he made a music video, and he weighed about 15 pounds, and he tore his shirt off like a tough guy. And everybody oh, thought he was that's a complete right. joke yeah, after that. Was, that was a pretty cheesy video. It was a very cheesy, and it ruined his career, Billy Squire. Yeah. That's this game. 28 years old. Where what is year Billy Squire now? Stroke by, uh, well, he's still tearing his shirt off, I think. I don't even think he. he I got. I could. This is not busting anybody, but one time I needed to go get Billy Squire out of his hotel room and tell him it was time to come down. So I knock on the door, and Billy answers the door, and I look up, and he's got this white powder under one of his nostrils. Gee, what's a, what a what a shock! Well, of course he did. Yeah, it was really. the eighties. More blinding revelations. <laughs> Billy Billy Squire did coke, and Ryan Seacrest is gay. Really? You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. First, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> 
Apparently, Billy is touring. He's doing something called the Electric uh, Man Show. The Electric he's Man doing Show. Uh, it was funny you bring him up because uh, I was flipping through on New Year's Eve and they had Eddie Money out there. And I was like thinking back to uh, oh, when I worked God. at KQ, I bumped, bumped into him backstage. Brittany actually got, uh, I don't know if I could say it, but uh, Hagen got uh, a little run in with Eddie Money. And, uh, was, Not Brittany. Yeah, of all people. And yeah, there uh, you go. It was released in 81, so this was 1980, by the way. Billy Squires, The Stroke. I was in uh, in the car with Bobby Columbia listening to The Stroke in 1980. It was released in 81. Well, Bobby's Sorry, got go a good ahead. ear. Yeah, Billy Squire was the real deal, man. No doubt. What were you saying now, Michael? Oh, no, no, no. Just uh, Brittany had a little run-in with Eddie Money, who was not of the clearest state of mind at that time. It was after a concert. <clears throat> Eddie's and, a great guy, but is he ever clear of mind? Yeah. <laughs> is, he, is it ever? Didn't Does he, it ever uh, happen? Didn't he used to be a cop? Yeah. Yeah, he was a cop. Brittany came to my, new, to my new bar. Yeah, she did. She yeah. said she came over, had a really good time. Yeah, she had fun. Uh, his real name is Eddie Mahoney, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. He was a cop named Eddie Mahoney. He became Eddie Money and and uh, got so he knows high Jesus. one time that he <laughs> might know Jesus. He got so high one time he fell asleep uh, and... And on one of his legs, and to this day, that leg doesn't work because when you cut off the blood supply, to oh, I remember more than that hours, story. Yeah, remember like, that. <laughs> I think that happened to Billy Joel too. I maybe I'll get my uh, drunken rock star nerve story. No, he just can't up. drive cars. Yeah, he's got about three DUR, <laughs> three crash cars in about a twelve months and span. He, he could afford an Uber. Oh I mean, yeah, come on, Billy. Well, no, wait a minute, kid. Uh, you think Uber's you can getting... get a car airborne when you're drunk? Come on. <laughs> Airborne's, uh, Uber's getting pretty expensive now. It's a lot cheaper than a diesel. It really is. It really oh, is. Uber's on. just going through the come roof on. in Minneapolis. Hey, just wait for yeah. Super Bowl I... Sunday or that week before. Yeah. God, yeah. Surge price. A DUI in Minnesota, though, I mean, that's like what? Ten like grand. Nickel? Ten grand. It's ten grand. Really? Ten I think grand. they're expensive wow, there anywhere, are, really. I didn't know there were so many uh, extremely rich drunkards in Minnesota. You got in, that the, right. in the end, it'll cost but, you ten grand. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's true. It was nice kind of looking back on the old career, man, thinking about Bobby Columbia again. I haven't talked to Bobby in a million, million years now, and that's been a hell of a light. It's been a hell of a run, let me say that. Is he we still, will be back tomorrow. Thanks. What? Is he still around? I have no idea. I assume Bobby's I think still. I don't know if he's in the music business anymore. Probably is. We'll be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show. Yeah.